Hi, everyone. Thank you again for joining us in this special mini series where Sean and I are getting to discuss all the industries and some of the trends that they saw in 2023 and what we're expecting from them in 2024. Today, we are diving into the energy industry, which is a big one because mm-hmm. there are so many things that go into that, whether it be energy renewables, different things. Sean will be able to touch on all of that. So just to start out, Sean, can you give us just an overview of the main pain points energy companies experience? Yeah, you bet. So if you think about from a ERP perspective, right, there's a lot of other pain that the energy companies deal with that are far beyond anything I can even think with. I mean, if you think about capital intensive you think about labor, mm-hmm. um, environmental, like there are so many macro sort of trends that are that are all kind of com- like almost colliding. I was going to mm-hmm. say a confluence of, but that's like a colliding with energy in our country and really throughout the, the entire world. It's, it's, it's pretty drastic. Mm-hmm. A lot of things happening, <clears throat> even interest rates, because um, a lot of these energy companies are buying heavy, heavy materials, heavy assets, heavy machinery, mm-hmm. trucks, all the way to major, major equipment where they're buying that on loans. So I think what we saw in um, kind of 2023 in terms of the real pain points, all of that sort of transitioned into ERP where there probably wasn't as much drive to change ERP um, with kind of traditional energy, um, you know, utilities, maybe even mining, um, even some of the manufacturing that's specific for uh, for utility companies. But we did see a big involvement from renewable energy, mm-hmm. um, even within our firm, um, all the way from biofuels, uh, sort of uh, conversion firms. They take, you know, biofuels converted into jet fuel, other kinds of, of uh, gasoline. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely uh, wind and solar. We had several clients in those verticals um, all the way from uh, basically um, farms, right? Um, they're, they're, I think it's better to say plants. It's really mm-hmm. more plants is what they're building, but yeah. wind farms and solar farms, as they kind of everybody calls it. Yeah. But then also the parts that go into like um, um, the solar arrays themselves, right? We've had a couple of clients now that have different pieces and services that go into mm-hmm. that. So the the pain of um, and the trends of 2023 for, for energies around, again, ERP really have kind of stemmed around how do you continue to invest and um, increase your technology capability Mm -hmm. while coming into some of those other trends that I mentioned, while then a lot of our, even um, our professional services firms that serve the energy industry, Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to, and working through some of these more demands for um, uh, benefit, like shorter term benefit, because mm-hmm. an, you know, an energy company's sort of investment period used to be a really long time. Well, yeah. it's not anymore. Um, it's shorter. So they need ROI, uh, quicker. So mm-hmm. how do we get systems in place that can, that can provide actual value, um, while they're handling all these other things? It's, it's really probably of all of the industries that we're going to do in terms of the 2023 kind of, mm-hmm. um, kind of capstone. It's probably the most dynamic as I'm sitting here really thinking through all of these trends that we've watched our clients go through. It's wild. 
Yeah, definitely. And there have been lots of changes, kind of what we've been discussing in terms of governmental changes. Yes. And I know, speaking with Erica, who is our excellent sales consultant operations, she does so many things, but she's been speaking to some more energy clients and just seeing that recent technology industry government changes, specifically the uh, Inflation Reduction Act and then the bipartisan infrastructure law, they're really impacting energy companies, especially companies that are in renewable energy. Mm -hmm. And kind of with those recent changes, how do you think the energy industry was impacted Mm -hmm. in 2023? Um. It, it, it's it, that, that's the the other component. It's not even like the perfect storm. It's like it's like the perfect like not just trifecta but quadrifecta. I don't even know what the words are. Yeah. <laughs> With again government policy coming in mm-hmm. on top of everything that I said, <clears throat> I I think the government policies, the IRA, like you mentioned, some of the other laws that have been passed, they've helped renewable companies specifically to that maybe couldn't quite justify a capital another capital expenditure mm-hmm. in ERP right i say another because i mean these guys and gals are building plants they're building yep. battery farms they're you know they're they're putting a ton of money into real assets that mm-hmm. have to get out and have to get serviced and you know it's it's hard to take money away from that sort of operational focus and put it into Internal infrastructure mm-hmm. like ERP, even though they're kind of putting money into the internal uh, infrastructure of energy for for our country, thankfully, um, but it's it's just harder. These these government policies, I think, have made it easier for energy organizations, especially those that benefit from um, these acts, to make the decision to make the leap to maybe the next um, ERP platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even not just the next leap, but the next leap because they foresee a lot of growth and which is tricky when you have industries that basically benefit from government uh, policies that could change. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I don't envy our energy, uh, our renewable energy clients because it's, again, all of those factors that I said earlier that almost everybody has to deal with, plus the government sort of intervention in laws that are a little extra special for renewable energy yeah. right now. Then you have just the realities of of, uh, of investment and it's software is hard and you but but yeah. it's worth it in the long term. But how long is long term? How much time do we have before there's a major change? Right. So volatility is definitely the word I would use for mm-hmm. the energy industry for 2023. Um, and then again, layering in like you said the the government policy on top of that. Even though there's a ton of money and you yeah. were helping me to research this mm-hmm. and even looking at the numbers of the tens of billions of dollars that are being made available um, for investment in renewables, but they're also able to use that money for things like software too. Yeah. So it's it's just very, very volatile. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and it's constantly changing oh, all the time and everything. Yeah. You never know what it's going to look like. We're going to be doing this next year and it's going to be completely different. I know. I think you're right. But um, just kind of going to the next question, what's the greatest challenge energy companies should look out for in 2024? Ooh. Um, ah, I think somebody's cooking some broccoli in our kitchen. Sorry, we don't have the <laughs> smells for the camera. I don't know. I just smell broccoli all of a sudden. Maybe it's just my mind wants some broccoli as you're asking me about 2024 challenges. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're like, I, I need to talk about something else. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think of what to say. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I just, honestly, it's not going to change. I, I yeah. think 2024, I mean, we're going into an election year. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh. Right. Um, so it's, I think what I'm seeing our clients do is, um, there, there, there might even be a bit of a land grab. I think, I mean, we're just ERP people. Like we don't really get into strategy and how markets penetration and volatility and how to handle all that, but you can't not in this particular Mm -hmm. topic that I think 2024 is going to continue to just be uh, volatile, but also just even more unknown. What is going to happen if, the, the, the Senate or the House or just Congress in general changes or the mm-hmm. presidency's up for election. And then what happens to the government, um, policies? What happens to the feds with interest rates? And so again, you've, we're going to, we're probably not going to talk about that with any of our other industry overviews, yeah. very honestly. I think there's other more important trends, but I just think for energy, that's going to be the big one. But what I was going to say is I do see a lot of our clients that are making the investments right now. Mm-hmm. They're deciding, look, before things change too drastically, let's just get this done, get systems in place so that we can grow and expand efficiently without adding a lot of headcount. Um, we even have um, a mining company that we're talking to right now that um, produces lithium. And mm-hmm. and that's, you know, batteries, right? You think about, it, sometimes it's easy to forget for renewables, you know, all these generation of power, however it's done, it needs to be stored, stored in batteries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, much less EV cars, driving battery demand, other circumstances driving these, these uh, the battery, that the, the minerals that are so important for all of these industries, I think they're going to continue to see more demand going into 2024 for that. And therefore, on the ERP side, would expect, um, you know, a lot of these, they used to call them juniors, junior mining companies that, so not the big guys, the big guys are already established. They're mm-hmm. doing what they're doing. But a lot of people leave those companies. They, they find capital in the market and they go penetrate into an area that's a little, Unknown. So you mm-hmm. see more risk reward there, right? That's yeah. the, any startup is like that, but definitely in the mining industry. So I think we'll see some more mining companies come online. Um, and I think, um, again, renewables is going to continue to grow and it's hard. Like again, another client of ours doing even just their enterprise asset management, they got a lot yeah. of assets and they're moving so fast. That in order to do an EAM correctly, you need to get all that data into the system. And mm-hmm. so you've got to then maintain the data. So then you need people to do that and, and run these systems. I mean, as you've covered a lot, and we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit too about field services yeah. and EAM solutions in 2023, that was a big kind of coming of age, I feel like. I mean, Maximo and other apps have been around for probably 30 years. I don't know about that, maybe 20. Mm-hmm. But there's been solutions in, in, um, uh, computerized maintenance and management systems, CMMS forever, but now EAM and sort of the next generations, you think of IFS that's there yeah. a lot. We see a lot of stuff with them. We're implementing them with one of our energy companies. Um, they're growing like mad as you're covering, um, in the ERP minute. So <clears throat> again, just to kind of summarize, I, I think, I think the energy industry, um, it, I think you're going to see more ERP investments in mm-hmm. 2024 at the beginning of the year. I would do it at the beginning of the year. I mean, these sometimes can take multiple years, but, um, you know, especially for smaller sort of midsize, you know, upwards of billion dollars or, or less in terms of operating budgets. Um, but then I think, um, I think just the, the political environment be, being so volatile again could impact these, these acts that have been put into place. I don't know. 
there's a ton of money that's available with, with the government policies that you mentioned, but does that change suddenly? So yeah. invest now in ERP if you're in energy. If you're a big utility and you're going from, you know, you're like we see this here even in Denver, where they're shutting down the coal plants and then going to other sort of, um, you know, alternative energy sources, man, that's a whole nother thing that you got to deal with. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, I think for those guys, even um, even if we look at, some of like even adjacent sort of utilities like water, you know, there is tons and tons of opportunity to operationalize processes, to mm-hmm. automate, leverage AI. I can't say anything without AI. Um, but usually energy is a little bit lagging in terms of like their cutting edge technology. Yeah. So I don't, but there's probably some applications that'll change the entire energy world by automating some things. So those could come into play too in 2024. So I think energy companies really have to keep an eye out for that and sort of balance everything. But most of the folks that we've worked with in energy, this is like their life. Yeah. They know it. They're 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 mavericks. You know, they're kind of like sort of like uh, uh, when I started in cable um, and uh, telephony in the '90s. Man, it was like crazy. There were tons of money flowing around to build all this infrastructure. Thankfully, because that's how we could all work from home. Yeah. In 2020, because you could get online and, oh my gosh, you know, everybody gets online and the internet shuts down. That doesn't happen anymore because the infrastructure's there. Same for these energy um, men and women that are out there doing these incredible things to ensure that the lights turn on or heat works, Mm -hmm. but even going deeper into these alternative sources, which is very exciting for what could be for our planet. There's no question about that. But again, you know, ERP is hard. You got a lot of challenges. I wouldn't do it unless there's real benefit. And that you're in for the long haul with the system, because if you think it's a short term uh, benefit, it's not. It just isn't. And I think especially our energy clients and prospects need to hear that um, going into this new year. Yeah, definitely. And that was even one of the questions I was going to ask you later is like, what are your major ERP reminders for the energy industry? Mm -hmm. And I think that one, Mm -hmm. I think that kind of summarizes it, telling them that they need to be thinking about it early. Yeah. And yeah. And you got so much to do already. You know, you can tell I don't sell this stuff, nor do we take a cut of all any kind, no yes, commissions, nope. no nothing. You can tell because of what I say, don't do it unless it's, there's an obvious shorter term benefit. Yes, definitely. And you kind of already started to touch on this, but I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into the new tools, whether that be ERP tools or EAM specifically. I know mm-hmm. the vendors are expanding on that, that have either been created or expanded upon that energy businesses can utilize in the near future. Yeah. Um, we had a briefing with a vendor recently <clears throat> and, and they talked about preventative maintenance, which has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually preventative maintenance means, okay, every 5,000 miles, you got to change the oil on your uh, forklift. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. So, you know, if we can track what the actual miles are in the system, um, you know, before 5,000, you get a reminder, a work order gets sent to the tax. They go out and do it. Mm-hmm. They go into the system. They say it's done. Boom, done. That's the normal thing. Or maybe even there's somewhat of a prediction of, well, we put this amount of miles per month on our vehicles or our mm-hmm. equipment or usage is this much per month. Um, therefore, in six months, we should be ready to do mm-hmm. something. Well, what the vendor was kind of saying was, well, you know, we can actually look at the production that those units are are helping to lead to to make better decisions about mm-hmm. when maintenance needs to happen um, or where work needs to happen. So if you think about 
um, yields in mining, right, or even um, uh, megawatts produced in a um, in an in, in a uh, energy generation plant, or even a wind farm, right, or a solar farm. That's how they they measure the output. If we hit certain um, indicators or certain uh, milestones, I should say then that sort of is another piece of data that should go into the evaluation of when we work on our mm-hmm. assets. And that's pretty cool stuff, right? Because that it's always easier to say, yeah, do the maintenance schedule earlier, yeah. <laughs> right? Before it breaks. But, but what other things are out there um, that we can tie people's hours to um, not just the equipment hours, but what other kinds of interesting things can I think that I think that the, the EAM people who are really, compensated now with subscription contracts, I'll get back to that in a minute, are kind of like in a really good position Mm -hmm. to do that for their customers. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the subscription thing. Because remember, every year you're paying the exact same for the software. Mm -hmm. You don't just buy the house and, you know, you have your payment and everything. You basically have to buy the software every year, every year, every year. Every year. Well, you know, when we did licensing software, it was really high at the beginning and then there was a smaller maintenance. Well, now we just pay a little bit in the year one and we go on and on and on. Okay. I'm here to burst everybody's bubble. I don't know if y'all made it this far. Thank you. If you did, this is going to be helpful. What I'm about to say, there is a, about in year three and year four, there is a switch in the curve. The total cost of ownership for license versus subscription software as a service based mm-hmm. software where in year one, you spend less with SAS yep. in year two, you spend a little bit less and this is total cost, right? Than you would have if you'd like did a license, a perpetual license year three, somewhere usually in year three and year four, those curves, er, they change. You're spending mm-hmm. more in a subscription. Well, what about year four? What about year five? What about year six? Oh, you know, we won't talk about that because <laughs> it basically goes, you know, through the roof. Yeah. Well, I don't like that and I shouldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. I understand it's sort of the way it is now. But here's the thing that I really would love the engineer or excuse me, the engineering or pardon me, the um, energy people in software to really understand is you are part of the solution here. Mm. It's not just the renewable energy companies figuring out how to deliver wind energy more effectively so it's cost efficient without government uh, subsidies. I'm yeah. just going to say it. It's also these software vendors that can come up with solutions, especially with AI and ML, machine learning and everything else. They can help these producers do what they're doing a lot better. And yes. I think there's a ton of opportunity for that. And by the way, vendors, I won't say anybody specifically, <laughs> you're getting paid to do that. Yeah. Every year, over and over and over to create innovation. So I don't even remember mm-hmm. what the question was, but the bottom line is I would really love in 2024 to see the energy ERP vendors do a lot more for innovation for these companies. And again, like I said, they're a little bit usually behind on technology trends, but the opportunity is so significant there. And there again, there's companies that, um, you know, IFS, I keep coming back to them, or even SAP that are so positioned where so many clients they have are, they're so, um, uh, I wouldn't say impenetrable or impenetrated into the market, saturated, they have mm. saturated the market that, okay, now what are you going to do with it? Yeah. 
There you go. That's my challenge to uh, those uh, energy ERP vendors. No, I love it. Um, you've pretty much answered all of the questions that we had, and I don't want to dive too deep into anything else. So is there any parting words that you'd like to give to these energy companies that may be considering an ERP upgrade? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've if, again, if you made it this far, I'm impressed because I'm like meandering all over the place. But I, I really feel the pain of an energy you know, a CIO or a CFO or whoever's looking at, okay, is it time to change software? So there probably is a couple more things I would say then. So the first one is you probably have a lot of legacy technology. That legacy technology, uh, while roadmaps are continuing to get extended, definitely you do a great job of figuring out what those roadmaps really are. Um, thank you for that. Um, but they're going to stop. Support for S4, S3, pardon me, uh, ECC6. Um, you know, we uh, we have a client that was on a Microsoft product, an old product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's older versions of, of, of all kinds of stuff out there. The software vendors are going to shut that off. So you can't just put your head in the sand and play the market volatility card, which mm-hmm. if I were you, I would play it as much as possible. But I'm telling you, I think you have to put the card down a little bit and really look at realistically, this is the golden nugget for you people. And I mean that. What do you really need for ERP? Mm-hmm. Do you really need a tier one, top of the line, huge implementation, blah, 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 to use 25% of the software. Yeah, uh, You're not going to get fired for, for getting SAP in the energy industry. But guess what? Um, if the implementation goes over budget and you don't really need it, well, you might not be liked as much. I don't yeah. know. And I'm just going to pick on SAP for a minute there. But but I really think of all of our industries, um, and, and we say this, oh, well, it's true for everybody about, oh, you got to know what you need. That That's obvious. But I really think for for energy folks that are, for the, the sponsors that are really looking, making these energy um, ERP changes, you really need to hone in on, you know, what can you really just get away with? Yeah. But you don't want to, do, you don't want to, you know, be short-sighted and just do something for the next couple of years if you're growing in that. But you don't have to go spend a gazillion dollars if your problem is really EAM. Um, go get an EAM mm-hmm. solution. Don't change out the accounting system because the financial reporting and analytics, I should say financial reporting, is probably the same requirements. And if you're yeah. meeting those, even it's with Excel, Excel is the top ERP program in the world. Yes. You know, you're probably to change that out. There's not that much benefit yeah. to change out your HCM. There might be a little bit of benefit, right? But maybe the benefit is in warehousing and inventory management and, you know, your your shop for managing your inventory you need to track there. Just look at best of breed solutions there. You know, this is why that view, I won't even get into the all-in-one hybrid and best of breed, but I really think that if if an engineering sponsor for enterprise software change really can say, this is the biggest bang for the buck. Just go for that this year. Definitely. Well, that was great advice, Sean. Thank you so much as always. Uh, Thank you everyone for joining us and sticking through this really hard topic to talk about. So again, our hearts go out to all the energy companies. But if you need anything, please do reach out to us. We are always available. You can schedule a consultation. You can reach out to us via email. All of that information is available on our website. But thank you so much. And we hope to see you again for more of these episodes. 